Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. Did you know that in order to get your stimulus check, you had to have filed your taxes for the 2018 or 2019 tax year? If you haven't filed for 2018 or 2019, there's good news. The Tax Defense Group can rush e-file your taxes. They know that millions of Americans are struggling, and they want to make sure that you get your stimulus check sooner rather than later. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973, and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rider Junkie. Due to the global pandemic and economic downturn, Rider Junkie is offering their resume writing service for only $100. And with a three-day turnaround, you can't beat that price and delivery time. Call Rider Junkie today at 805-587-7966, and you can visit them online at riderjunkie.com. Mention that you saw this ad on UCAS Studios, and they'll get right to work. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders Weekly Podcast brought to you by UCAS Studios. I am your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. And today I'm going to be talking about basically my reaction and my thoughts to Kobe Bryant's appearance on The Last Dance. Um, For those of you that haven't been following, I feel like pretty much every basketball fan uh, has, has been following it to this point. The documentary on the 1997-1998 Bulls. Really, it's just about the Bulls dynasty. Uh, it's it's kind of jumped back uh, and really kind of gone over all their championships and gone over Michael Jordan's career almost as a whole, uh, even his college career back in North Carolina and things, things of that nature. Um, it's been a fascinating documentary to watch. It's covered a lot of different aspects of the Bulls dynasty. And today, um, as, as I'm recording this, they I mean, featured Kobe Bryant. There was a, a small bit to, to start episode five that, that featured Kobe Bryant and kind of talked uh, a little bit about his relationship with Michael Jordan and how it started at, at, a, at a very young age. And uh, it was really uh, both interesting and fascinating, but also kind of heartbreaking to to watch, to see Kobe, um, you know, with with the interview and just to you know kind of go back down memory lane and see a young Kobe in the all-star game going up against Michael Jordan going really I mean just toe-to-toe with him and uh just not backing down in, in classic Kobe fashion so um really really cool to see that but uh also very very heartbreaking I mean it's just very surreal still that Kobe Bryant is no longer with us and you know it breaks my heart every time I think about it you know because it doesn't feel real and uh, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. It's gonna take you know for for somebody that grew up watching Kobe Bryant, idolizing Kobe Bryant. That was my hero, you know, as a basketball player growing up. That's who I wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to be just like him. And um, you know, tough to tough to see him, you know, again uh, doing the the interview for the documentary, um, and then the 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 clips that we saw of him in the uh, 1998 All Star Game. I mean, his second season, age 19, which is pretty wild. So, um, but yeah, so going to go over my thoughts um, more in detail about 
kind of what we saw and um, some some other things uh, kind of related to it. So, uh, but as always, guys, before uh, before I really dive into it, be sure to. Um, like this video if you're watching it on, on YouTube. You can subscribe to UCAS Studios and Lakers Outsiders on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Just any any uh, major podcast platform, we are there. Uh, you can follow Lakers Outsiders on Twitter and Instagram at Lakers Outsiders. You can like us on Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter at Gary Kester. That is G-A-R-Y-K-E-S-T-E-R. So with the plugs out of the way, Let's just go in basically and talk about my thoughts about what we saw in the documentary. So, I mean, it was a very, it wasn't as detailed as I thought it might be, uh, but it gave us a glimpse into not only who Kobe Bryant was, you know, as, as, a, as a player, as a competitor, as a man, um, but really kind of gave us a glimpse into the relationship between him and Michael Jordan. And I thought that that was really interesting. And I also thought what was really interesting is uh, the clips of the other Eastern Conference All-Stars in the locker room talking about Kobe. I mean, this Kobe was age 19. This was his second season uh, in a season that he primarily came off the the bench. Uh, Started one game that season, but was an All-Star. Played in 79 games, started in one. Played 26 minutes a game that year, uh, averaged 15 points a game, three rebounds, 2.5 assists. Um, but, I mean, you could tell from year one to year two that Kobe had made a pretty big leap. And if you've watched, I don't remember which documentary it was. There's been kind of a couple um, couple movies, documentaries, uh, shows, whatever, uh, on Kobe. And I think it might have been in Muse, uh, but I'm, I'm not sure. But he talked about the air balls. The air balls in Utah, his rookie year in that playoff game, the elimination game where he uh, threw up, what was it, four air balls and in crunch time, which was, you know, obviously Kobe developed that mentality and that reputation as, as just an assassin in those situations throughout his career. Uh, but as a rookie, you know, went through those those hard times, that very difficult moment in, in Utah in Salt Lake City. Where he threw up four air balls in, in, in crunch time of, a, of an elimination game, and the Lakers lost and were eliminated, and the Jazz went on and you know uh, went on to the NBA Finals that year and lost to Michael Jordan and the Bulls. But uh, Kobe had talked about, I think, in Muse, um, how hard he worked and how motivated he was after that. That he basically, as soon as he got back to LA locked himself in the gym and just continued to work and work and work and just shot shots for hours. Uh, just like he just said, I, I believe he said that the first night he just basically stayed overnight, like just was up all night, just worked relentlessly that summer to get better. And you saw it from year one to year two. He took a big, big jump. Um, and uh, an interesting point that Kobe brought up in the – in his interview portion of the of the clips that we saw, was that he was I mean he was just a teenager, uh, aged 18 as a rookie and age 19 as a second year player. Um, the league back then was a lot older. It's not like it is today where you have so many one and dones. Guys come into the league at age 18 or 19 every year. You know, going straight from high school to the NBA was wasn't a, a very uh, common thing. 
even though there have been some success stories behind it, obviously, you know, Kobe, uh, Kevin Garnett, Tracy McGrady, guys like that, that made that jump. But the league was older. I mean, even Michael Jordan played three years at North Carolina and came in, uh, I think, at age 21. So, you know, that was kind of the norm back then. And so Kobe came in, you know, very, very young, uh, less, you know, and less experienced basketball-wise than than players in the league, but just worked worked hard. He was, you know, competitive, just a, you know, like I said, just an assassin. And that guy just wanted to win at all costs and wanted to destroy you. And I thought it was really interesting that um, one of the one of the quotes from Michael Jordan in this episode was. They called him that Laker boy, <laughs> which has made me made me kind of chuckle. Um, but it, it was just funny that a 19 year old Kobe had other All Star players talking about him in the locker room. You know that's that's how he was. And and Jordan, uh, you know, kind of joked that after you know four air balls, like he he's not passing you the ball at that point. Like if you want the ball, you got to go rebound. Um, which kind of reminded me of Kobe. I think Kobe had some teammates throughout his his career, especially probably from 05 to 07, that he probably didn't want to pass the ball at all. So um, made me kind of think of that. But uh, Jordan talked about, like, when they were mentioning that Laker boy, um, he, he Jordan said something along the lines of, he, he doesn't let the game come to him. He goes out there and takes it. Um, and I think... That is what really made Jordan appreciate Kobe, even a young Kobe, because there's it's, it's been pretty highly documented that showdown that Kobe and Jordan had in Chicago, where you know I think Kobe had 33 in that game, Jordan had 36, and the Bulls won, but Kobe didn't back down from the challenge at all. You know, went right after Michael on both ends, and uh, obviously Michael was in his prime, and Kobe was very very young, so. Uh, pretty obvious, you know, how that was probably going to, you know, turn out. But Kobe held his own, man. Kobe made some really tough shots in that game against Michael and, you know, did some some great things that had a lot of, you know, generated a lot of buzz about him. Um, he already had a lot of buzz, but it was like, wow. Like, he went at Michael in that game and uh, did the things that he did. You know, I think that opened a lot of eyes. Um, so I, I just think it was really interesting how Jordan really embraced Kobe. You know, Jordan was a guy that, if you weren't on his team, I mean, hell, even if you were on his team, you know, he, he just wanted to go at you, you know, and he just wanted to destroy you. If you were an opponent, he wanted to destroy you. I mean, we saw it with uh, tonight's two episodes. You know, there was the Clyde Drexler uh, bit where he was compared to Jordan, and they met in the finals, and Jordan just wanted to obliterate him because of that. Um, and then there was the Tony Kukoc thing where Jerry Krause raved about Kukoc. And so Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan basically wanted to just go when they played him in the Olympics and just dominate the, dominate the guy. Uh, so Jordan was just wired that way and Kobe was wired the same way. And I think that was kind of my takeaway from, from this. I mean, kind of something I guess we already knew that Jordan and Kobe – had a very close relationship and I think it started that year that they met in the all-star game. And then they had, I mean, they had that showdown in Chicago as well. And, you know, I thought that that was really, really cool. And, and, you know, Kobe mentioned that a lot of people would always ask him or tell him like who would win one-on-one between you and Michael Jordan. 
And he would say, you know, hey, like everything I get is from him. You know, Kobe, I mean, had, was so similar to Michael Jordan in, in so many ways, uh, not only just on the basketball court, but how he carried himself, um, kind of his attitude, his swagger a little bit, and his mentality. And he mentioned that Jordan gave him so much great advice throughout his career and that Jordan was a big part of why Kobe won five championships. And I thought it was just really interesting that Kobe, a young, I mean, a 19-year-old Kobe asked, you know, the best player in the world, uh, maybe, I mean, arguably the best player of all time, depending on who you ask, uh, you know, back in the day about his turnaround jump shot. And not only did Jordan, Kobe said, gave him a detailed answer, but said, if you need anything, call me anytime. Um, And I thought that was really cool because, you know, like I said, Michael Jordan had just such a killer instinct and if you're an opponent like he just wanted to rip your heart out you know every single time that you guys squared off and uh, for him to really embrace Kobe and I mean you saw it at Kobe's memorial service how torn up Michael Jordan was and how uh, broken down he was about it and uh, Michael said you know when when Kobe died that a part of him died a part of Michael Jordan died and um, so obviously those two were very close and it started back then, way back then when Kobe was just a young buck and, uh, just really, really cool to see Jordan embrace him and kind of like how Kobe has, has embraced, um, future generations. You know, Kobe was all about growing the game of basketball, um, beyond his career and really embraced, you know, I think great players always respect other great players. Uh, they might not like them like Jordan hates Isaiah Thomas, but admitted today that he respected his game. Um, so I think you saw that a lot with Kobe as well with a lot of the younger generations. I mean, like LeBron, you know, there was this LeBron-Kobe media-made rivalry or fan-made rivalry, but those two were like best pals. You know, they were good good friends. So um, I think Kobe being the relentless worker and – just the the ultimate competitor and he had that fire and that drive within him and I think Jordan recognized that and just probably appreciated Kobe for what he was because I think Jordan saw a lot of himself in Kobe not maybe not only as a player um, but just as a competitor and I think that that is the ultimate respect right there when you see somebody that is willing to work as hard as you um, that wants to win as badly as you you know I think for a guy like Jordan and a guy like Kobe I think that goes a long way, and that is something that, you know, that, that, that's another, I guess just another reason why I think that those two appreciated and, and loved each other so much um, and why they, their relationship grew, and um, it, was, it was really cool to see. It was really cool to see. I wish we could have, uh, wish they would have dove more into that, uh, but I get it. I get why. I mean, it's a Bulls documentary, but um, it was cool to see kind of at the beginning, uh, the in, you know, in loving memory of Kobe Bryant episode kind of dedicated to him. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was, it was tough. It was tough to watch, but it was also very cool. Like I said, um, you know, to see Eastern conference players talking about a 19 year old Kobe Bryant, uh, I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Reggie Miller or somebody somebody else. Uh, they just kind of had the subtitles. But somebody saying, uh, I thought after the fourth air ball, he would pass the ball. Or a third air ball, he would pass the ball. Or something like that. And that was Kobe Bryant. That was Kobe Bryant. That was Michael Jordan. Those guys could miss 100 shots in a row. And they would truly, truly believe that the next one was going to go in. 
And that's what made them great. And why they won't, I mean, they were champions. Because no matter how hard things things got, how you know how maybe how badly they played in the game, they you would always you could always count on them to bounce back and to right the ship somehow, some way. Um, so, just really really cool to see you know MJ embrace Kobe the way he did, and Kobe you know reference him as his big brother, and like I said, just it was really cool. It was really cool, and like I said, Kobe improving from year one to year two took a lot of hard work and I think stuff like that doesn't go unnoticed especially to a guy like Michael Jordan uh, who could see Kobe's ascension and and see how competitive he was and I think that's why those two respected each other and appreciated each other and grew to to love one another so it was really really cool I also mentioned that there were earlier that there were just a lot of similarities in how Kobe kind of carried himself um, that were similar to Jordan and there was a, a clip when they were talking about the dream team that really reminded me of of Kobe um, somebody had asked Jordan you know when they're gearing up for the Olympics over in in, um, in Barcelona with that dream team you know who who takes the last shot somebody asked Jordan that and the look on his face like are you kidding me like he just thought it was like me and just just the way he answered that, the look on his face and everything reminded me so much of Kobe because Kobe would have answered the same the same way. Like if you ask Kobe in any capacity, it doesn't matter who he's on, he could be on a roster of the, the ten best players or the I think Kobe's top ten players, so the other nine top ten players in league history and ask you ask Kobe who's taking the last shot, he's gonna say him. So uh, that reminded me a lot of Kobe and I thought that was kinda cool. So it was it was just really fascinating to dive into that relationship a little bit. I wish again that they would have gone into it farther, but I understand why they didn't. So uh, just really really cool to watch, though. Cool, but also uh, you know kind of heartbreaking as well. So all right, I'm gonna have some final thoughts um, here in just a second, but I'm gonna take a quick break and give you guys a message from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. Did you know that in order to get your stimulus check, you had to have filed your taxes for the 2018 or 2019 tax year? If you haven't filed for 2018 or 2019, there's good news. The Tax Defense Group can rush e-file your taxes. They know that millions of Americans are struggling, and they want to make sure that you get your stimulus check sooner rather than later. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973, and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rider Junkie. Due to the global pandemic and economic downturn, Rider Junkie is offering their resume writing service for only $100. And with a three-day turnaround, you can't beat that price and delivery time. Call Rider Junkie today at 805-587-7966, and you can visit them online at riderjunkie.com. Mention that you saw this ad on Newcast Studios, and they'll get right to work. Okay, so I just have a couple more uh, last thoughts, and then I will sign off from here. This pod's not going to be super long today. Um, it was a pretty short clip of or clips of what we saw of Kobe. Um, as cool as it was, all I could really think of, I think after the episode and just kind of after that little segment was, uh, it just made me really sad that. 
you know, it was it was kind of like what could have been. You know, I, I've thought about this probably a number of times in the months that since Kobe has passed, of what could have been um, in his post basketball life, um, the next stages of his life. I mean, Kobe's impact on the game during his career was already tremendous, um, huge, huge impact. I mean, hell, every good perimeter player nowadays seems like it gets compared to Kobe Bryant. Um, and his his impact with his career obviously was unreal, but I think he was just getting started. You know, he was just getting started, and you know, I, I loved how obviously Kobe had all daughters, so growing women's basketball I think was especially important to him. Um, you know, especially because you know it, what made. But the events that much more tra- tragic was uh, Gianna Bryant's uh, projection. Uh, she was going to be a star, a star women's basketball player. So I think that probably helped influence Kobe a little, little, little bit to to help try and grow women's basketball and just get it more on the map because a lot of people don't take it seriously. And you know, I think he just he was all about growing the game of basketball. And I think that's why he embraced future generations so much, and you know was willing to work with with younger players and help them get better, because uh, he just wanted the game to grow. And I think with his influence and his impact, he he could have helped grow the game so much more than he already did. Um, and I think he was he looked forward to that challenge, you know, on top of all of his other other things that he was doing. Um, you know, and I think he he could have grown both men's and women's basketball uh, tremendously, and it just really sucked. You know, it just tonight I guess was just kind of a reminder of how we were robbed of that, and you know it it sucks. You know, it's um, heartbreaking that we we didn't get to see the next stage of Kobe Bryant's life, and because I think he was he was going to do more great things, just more and more great things, and you know. We wanted to. We all wanted to see Kobe Bryant grow old. We wanted to see him, you know, see that that Hall of Fame speech was something I was really, really looking forward to. Uh, it was going to be epic. It was going to be epic, and you know, it just made me sad tonight. It really did. It was cool, you know. At, I think at the beginning to kind of see, to kind of go back down memory lane and see a young Kobe at that All Star game. I mean, to see how Jordan embraced him, but. Just made me sad. Just made me really, really sad to think of what could have been, you know, um, because Kobe, I thought, was going to really continue to grow the game of basketball and do a lot of other things outside of basketball that would have been really, really cool to see and just to see his, you know, he, he really took advantage of his platform um, in a lot of ways and his uh, his impact, you know, his outreach. I think he really understood how... How much influence he 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 could have, and you know, you tried to use that in, in really positive ways. So um, would have been really cool to see that, but like I said, just just makes me really sad. So um, you know, I want to end this. I want to end this podcast on a more positive note. Uh, the, I mean, all I can really think of is uh, that the last dance has has been fantastic to me i think it's lived up to the hype it's been really cool as somebody for me you know i was born in 1992 uh so i don't really remember the the jordan 
in in Pippen Bulls era. Um, I don't remember the Bulls dynasty. You know, I, my first basketball memories were first game I ever watched uh, that I at least remember watching was a Lakers Jazz uh, Lakers home game and Shaq hit a uh, a little turnaround hook jump hook really um, at the buzzer to win that game by two. And uh, I remember it was on NBC. And I think it was 198 was the final score uh, because Shaq hit the, the two at the buzzer. Um, so I remember that game. Uh, I remember the end of that game. That was my first kind of memory of basketball. Um, but, yeah, I don't remember really the Bulls dynasty that much. I've seen a lot of clips and stuff and kind of watched a lot of videos on them and Michael Jordan um, especially. But, you know, it's it's different when you're looking back on something rather than seeing it on a daily basis and um you know i would have loved to seen jordan play on a daily basis uh for obvious reasons but hey i got to watch the michael jordan of my era my childhood uh in in purple and gold you know kobe bryant was the michael jordan of my childhood and you know very very thankful and i feel very lucky to have been able to grow up and watch kobe bryant play the game of basketball and to do all the things that that he did on and off the court um you know he just seemed like he he continued to grow throughout the you know the the course of his career and um you know there there's a reason why i idolize the guy you know i just i love so much for what for what he stood for, he was it was far from perfect. Made you know mistakes in his career, um, but who doesn't? You know they highlighted uh, mistakes in Jordan's career. You know Jordan wasn't squeaky clean either. So the documentary's been really good. So if you haven't watched it at all, or if you're waiting, I think it, until it goes on Netflix or, or something, or you, you can stream everything at once uh, somehow, some way. Um, I highly recommend it. It's been really, really good. I'm excited for these last four episodes, the next two Sundays. And uh, curious to see. Uh, obviously, we know how everything ends, but I'm curious to see all the details that, that come about um, with these next couple episodes. So, yeah, that's all I can really say at this point. That I'm just uh, sad to to see that about Kobe. Uh, just brought back, you know, some sad feelings. Um, but again, I just feel very, very lucky uh, to grow up watching the the Michael Jordan of of my childhood. And of course, that was. That was the Black Mamba. So, um, yeah. Sad to think about, but don't know how to end this podcast on a positive note. So, uh, going to sign off here. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, as always, be sure to uh, like this video. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can subscribe to UCAS Studios and Lakers Outsiders on YouTube. And wherever you get your podcasts, um, every major podcast platform, you can find us. Uh, you can follow Lakers Outsiders on Twitter and Instagram at Lakers Outsiders. And you can like us on Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter at Gary Kester. And, uh, yeah, I mean, tell me what your, your thoughts of, of Kobe on the documentary in the comments on YouTube. Uh, or you can tweet him at me uh, however you want to want to do it. Uh, you can shoot me questions that you want answered on the pod, topic ideas you want talked about, whatever. Uh, open to all that stuff, as I mentioned, pretty much every podcast now. Um, so very open to that. Again, I appreciate you guys listening. I really can't state that enough. I really do appreciate those of you that listen regularly. I, I truly, truly do appreciate it. So, But I'm going to get out of here. I uh, hope you guys uh, had a great weekend, and hope you guys are staying safe out there and, 
and and taking care of one another. And um, until next time, guys, this is Gary Kessler with the Lakers Outsiders signing off and saying Mamba forever.